So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. We have another phenomenal show lined up for you tonight as we have an amazing financial and business expert, and I cannot wait to share his brilliance with you in just a moment. The Mind Body Business Show, it is a show for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And what I like to do is bring on the most successful entrepreneurs on this show. And our next guest is no exception. And it's all about what I call the three pillars of success. And in my now 55 years on this planet, about the last 10 or 11 or so, I began studying only those who were successful to find out what is it they had that gave them a higher level of success that I and others had. And as I went through this study of people I knew, mentors of mine, authors that may no longer be with us, uh, you name it, uh, speakers that were speaking on stage, I began to notice three patterns developing. And those were in the three areas that you might guess, mind being mindset. They all have very positive, very strong and very flexible mindsets. And body, each and every one of them took care of themselves physically both through nutrition and through regular exercise. And then business, which most people would go to to begin with, and that is multi-multifaceted. We're talking about everything from sales, marketing, team building, systematizing, accounting, and leadership, and so many, many other areas that you know it's almost impossible for one person to master all of those skill sets. The good news there is you truly only need to master one of the skill sets I mentioned, and that is the one of leadership. Once you've done that, you can then delegate to those that you bring in on your team that have those skills that you may not possess and that you don't have to spend time actually accruing those skills. So I'm bringing people like Casmer Ward on tonight to help you to model success. So get out a pen and paper, get ready to take some notes because what you're going to learn from this gentleman could literally change the chart of your success, your rise to success tonight. Each and every night we do this show, there are incredible golden nuggets that are presented. Tonight will be no different. I can guarantee that because I've done this for quite a while and it happens every single time. And so another phenomenal trait of very successful people is that they are very avid and voracious readers. And they're readers of not just any book, but the right books. And with that, I'm going to go into a very short segment I affectionately call Bookmarks. Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. Yeah, there you see ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. One real quick interjection, and that is take out a piece of paper and a pen or pull up notepad on your computer if you have enough room on your screen. Rather than give into the temptation of going to a website, we're going to be giving you several resources tonight. And the best thing for you to do is stay in the room. I know it's a virtual room, but the best thing for you is to stay here with us and avoid clicking away and just take down notes and then visit them later. Cool? Because again, 
I would hate for you to go off and have your attention diverted looking and browsing while Casmer drops that nugget that could change your life forever. That's why. All right, reachyourpeaklibrary.com. It is a website I literally had developed with you in mind. And I was never a voracious leader, uh, reader up until about 10, 11 years ago. And literally, and once I learned about the importance of reading, I became one of those voracious readers. And I decided that, you know, while I'm reading these books, I'm going to collect the ones that have had profound impact on me, either as a business or in my personal life or both. And so I began doing that. So you'll see on this site, it's just a collection of books I've personally read and I personally bet them. Uh, not every book I've ever read is on this list. They didn't all make the grade. So this is here for you as a resource that if you're looking for that next great read or you haven't picked up a book and started reading yet, like I did 10 years ago, 11 years ago, then this is a place you can get started or continue on that journey. And what I recommend is, you know, these are not in any order whatsoever. There's no alphabetical listing. It's not by year. I just put them in there as I found them on my Audible account and just pick the first one that jumps out at you on the page rather than go through the whole list. Take massive immediate action and just read that book and then come back when you're done with that one and do the same thing with the next one or just go straight to Amazon. This is just a guide for you to help you to get in the habit of reading the right books to help you propel yourself and your business farther. Speaking of propelling yourself and your business farther, we have a incredible guest waiting in the wings. He can't die. To, he's dying to get on and I'm dying to bring him on. So let's bring him on, shall we? It's time for the guest expert spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Casmer Ward. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing well, Brian. Thank you for having me. And you're hailing all the way from the East Coast. Uh, what was the beautiful state you're in? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm coming from around Los Angeles, California. So we couldn't be, we almost couldn't be farther apart, which I love in, <laughs> as far as being in the United States. That's what I love. I just love being able to do this virtual interview style show because I've had entrepreneurs from all over the world, England, one in France, in the French Alps. It's been Ireland. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So before I formally introduce you and properly, I'd like to remind folks that stay on with us live to the very end. They have the opportunity to win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort. All compliments of our good buddies. If you're watching live on the video, you see the upper right, the big secrets or the big insidersecrets.com. That's Jason Nast and his crew. I love them and they have some phenomenal educational materials there. So be sure to check them out as well. That will be toward the end of the show, and you must be watching live to know how to enter to win. That being said, let's bring on this amazing guy. What do you say? Let's do it. Casmer Ward has 20 years experience as a financial executive and business leader with expertise in accounting, operational analysis, strategic development and implementation, and entrepreneurship. Casmer works with clients to identify and address the critical success factors affecting companies varying in size across many industries. We're going to get deeper into this, so I'm excited to uh, find out more about this. Grounded in a background of accounting, management leadership, and management information systems, Casmer has balanced technical business acumen with creativity to provide an innovative roadmap for clients and students to identify and meet their objectives. That's what it's all about, getting the results. 
Kaz uh, enjoys helping companies identify their financial and market position while setting them on a path to success. And we were talking just moments earlier before the show went on, and I cannot wait to dig in deep because you've worked with quite a few companies of all varying stages in their business. I'm excited, and I hope people watching and listening are excited too. But now, officially, formally, I welcome you to the show, Kazmer. Thanks again for coming on, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. One of the things I love to do when I open the show is, you know, first is we get to know you from your bio, right? We talk about that. We get to know what your accolades are, what your accomplishments are, your your experience, and that's phenomenal. And yours is no different. It's phenomenal. But what I like to do then is, okay, how did you get there? What was going on in that big, beautiful brain of yours and what is going on that catapulted you first to success, then helped you to maintain it, and then continue to thrive and even increase your success levels over the years? And so I like to dig a little deeper and kind of open up that cranium not literally, and find out what's going on in there. Uh, specifically for you, Casper, you know, entrepreneurship, it's not for everybody, right? It can be daunting. And you go through a lot of hardships, a lot of uh, peaks and valleys, a lot of peaks, it seems, in the beginning for sure. And going through all those times, you know that you're going to be hit backward as you try to go forward many times. So knowing that that's in front of you every single day, Casmer, when you wake up in the morning, what is going on up here? in your brain that motivates you to keep doing this day in and day out? Well, um, backing up to how you started the question, what got me to this place was lots of failure. Unbelievable bucket of failure of not just business ventures. It was more of failure and finding out what I want to do. There were things that uh, I started off in the corporate world in banking. Really great job. Loved it. Great organization. But if you had a great idea that could change the way they did business, they didn't want to hear it. You know, it's a, a big ship, hard to steer. As I moved on into a smaller company, I actually moved to a company that was less than a million in revenue. We started, we built it up to a $25 million company over seven years. And it was in the construction and real estate development industry. And it was, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And from there, I realized it was time to move on to the next thing. Now, I'm an accountant by trade. So I have a lot of entrepreneurs come to me and say, you know, I'm thinking about starting my own business. What's your advice? As an accountant, I tell everybody, well, don't. You're not going to like running your own company. What you're thinking you want to do is you want to be your own boss. Well, that's great. You're going to find out you don't like your boss too much once you, once you start that business. So being on my own, working with other business partners and even consulting on my own over the past 13 years, what motivates me and the things that, I've, that makes me wake up every day is probably something I still have to ask myself every single day. You work with clients that you, you know, that, let's call them trouble clients. You have your dream clients, the clients that you love to work with day in and day out. And when you start to figure out what that profile is of, of what you want to do, you've got to be equally honest with yourself and say, what do I not want to do? And as I started doing that and going through uh, clients and saying, who would I work with? You know, what prospects would I want, you know, would I enjoy working with? What prospects would take more money than there is in the world to go work with? I started realizing the clients that I like the best, the companies I like the best are the ones I would go work for for free just to be a part of their organization, mm -hmm. a part of their culture and to buy in their vision. Now, just as a caveat or footnote, that doesn't mean go work for them for free. 
you know, they, they have to have some vested interest. They, uh, oddly enough, we don't treat the things we get for free very well. However, I have several clients right now that just in the trajectory, if I won the lottery and didn't need to make another dollar, I would go, I would keep working for them because I believe everything that they're about. Wow. That is powerful, phenomenal. And that is such a great way of determining whether or not you want to work with somebody. I mean, think about that, everyone watching and listening. Like if we're deciding on clients, in Kazmer's case, it's these are businesses, these are companies. Would you want to spend time with them, helping them for free, whether it's working at their business or helping them to, you know, I can relate to this because I had a mentor where I didn't look at it as I was working for free because the value I got in the relationship, in what I was learning, was worth far more than any monetary amount that could be paid to me. And, you know, a similar thing could be said here where Casimir is saying that that's his measuring stick. You know, if I'm going to work with this client, then I want to be able to know that I would work for them for free. That means they have something going on, a good culture. Uh, everything's going on and it's a meat of values and everything. That, that's a powerful way to choose a client. I, I've never heard that one before. So appreciate that. Well, I also, and, and it goes above and beyond even business. So I also teach at Queens University in Charlotte as an adjunct, you know, one or two classes uh, a semester in their master's program. And I mean, they compensate well, but I enjoy it so much that it's not paying my mortgage, but it's, I love working with the students and actually being an alumni, getting my master's from there. I remember how much it meant to me. And I find it self-rewarding that hopefully there's a student out there that it means as much to them. Oh, gosh, that's got to be quite a ride to come back to where you, you got your degree and now be teaching and helping those to do the same. That's got to be very fulfilling. I can only imagine. Now, in the opening of the show, I talked a little bit about the importance of reading and reading the right books. And I actually see something in the back left corner over your left shoulder there. That looks like a book that maybe somebody we know wrote. And of course, I'm talking about Mr. Casmer Ward himself, who had authored a book. And we'll bring that up here on the screen in a little bit. And so you're obviously an author. Would you consider yourself also to be an avid reader? And besides your own book, which book what might you be reading most presently these days? So um, I love biographies. I love stories about not just businesses. You know, one of my favorite, you know, I've, I've read several books on the Beatles or Houdini, the history of Marvel Comics. The business end of it was, it's fascinating. There's no Spider-Man or, you know, Incredible Hulk in it, but it's all about the, uh, the editors and the owner of the company filing through bankruptcies through the 80s. And I, I love stuff like that. I actually, it had been 10 years before I had read a fiction book. So I just recently had uh, gone through The Shining and the, the sequel <laughs> there. What I actually am reading now are books that I was very cynical about in the past. And they are, they're the business book. It's not going to shock anybody that's out there. But I would read them in the past and say, of course, you need to make sure that revenue is greater than expenses. You know, of course, you have to have good management. And I found myself going back and reading good, rereading Good to Great, No Man's Land, mm. some of the top business books that are out there, and really kind of throwing my attitude to the side and the cynicism aside and just saying, I need a refresher. It's no different than working out. You know, uh, I, you, you hear of the latest, greatest workout program, and it's push-ups and sit-ups and all that, and you're like, oh, I know that. 
well, we kind of know it, but we don't practice it. And we need to re reinforce it over and over. So looking at those old business concepts is not any different than dusting off the old home gym and knocking out a few uh, <laughs> push-ups and sit-ups. I love that. I love that analogy. We got some people coming in. Uh, Mark Del Priori. I hope I got that right. I love this. I would love to be considered as a guest for a future show. I've been an entrepreneur for the past 20 years out of college. And we've got an email address. All right, it's public now. And <laughs> he followed it up with keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Mark. Go ahead and uh, message me on LinkedIn. And uh, we'll see if we can get you hooked up to be a future guest. I'll let you know that there is a bit of a wait <laughs> as yeah. Mr. Ward uh, can yeah. attest. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Mark, uh, I admire the tenacity for you to uh, reach out to ask because early on in being an entrepreneur, it's hard to ask for advice or help. And even when people are offering it for free, you're like, when you're new to it, it seems foreign that somebody would help you out of the kindness of their heart. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's got 20 years in his belt, but that's a great thing to model what you just brought up. So appreciate that, Casmer. That's uh, great advice is just do it. What's the worst yeah. going to happen? They can say no. Move on yeah. to the next. Not a big deal. And we're getting some love from Lori Ellswick on Facebook. Thank you all. Keep them coming. And speaking of the book, I would actually like to highlight it and let people know what is this wonderful book all about that you wrote, Mr. Kazma Ward, that is something about donuts is going to make everybody hungry. <laughs> Well, uh, so I mentioned I teach at Queens University in Charlotte, and I've been teaching managerial accounting for the past several or seven or eight years. And during this time, a former business partner of mine had asked me, she wanted to own her own donut shop. And she had asked me to help build a financial model. Long story short, I build the financial model. I end up going in, uh, becoming a partner with her. And we start from a gourmet food truck into a shop and, and eventually into a shop that was in several locations. It was a great experience. And as with every other business I've been a part of that started up, a huge pain in the butt. Questions that we argued about all the time. And really, because you know I was the accounting finance person for this business, we would argue about accounting and finance over and over. And really, the main question we would argue over was how much does it cost to make a donut? Well, as any healthy adult would do, I took all my grievance out on her in the classroom. And I said, can you believe this? And I really started bringing up the examples like, here's the ingredients, here's the labor, you know, here's the concepts we're learning in today's class. And over two years, I realized my entire curriculum it had turned into how much does it cost to make a donut? And with managerial accounting, the majority of my class does not like accounting. They had to take this class because it's mandatory to get their master's degree. <laughs> and I embraced how much they hated accounting and found out it was much easier to teach them using real life stories and applications of the concepts rather than using debits and credits and, you know, addition and subtraction. So I really took the entire class, which was a running theme of how much does it cost to make a donut and running a donut shop and then reinforced all of the concepts covered through the, the life of the business with about 20 other entrepreneurial stories from engineering companies to media companies, you know, construction companies. And it really is teaching accounting through stories rather than numbers. Oh, that's awesome. Because, I mean, that is one of the greatest ways to teach anything, isn't it? It's through the use of stories uh, because, you know, retention is so much higher 
end listener or the person experiencing it, I learned this from speaking from stage, that it's often more important that you have stories interwoven in your talk than the actual talk, you know, the facts and the, the things you want them to learn. Uh, if you don't have stories intermixed and you have nothing but content, they won't learn it as, it as deep as a level and it won't be interesting. And they'll just be like they're sitting in an accounting class going crazy because yeah. I don't want to count beans. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring counting beans. But if you can mix in some good stories, you can make almost anything interesting. Would you would you agree with that? I, I really do. I think I love education. I love going through business school. I love getting my undergrad. If I could, I would love to just stay in school and keep getting degrees till the end of time. I think people generally love to learn, but reading a chapter on cost accounting, answering the questions and taking the, the test, you can do that. You know, Brian, you know, you even were mentioning before that you, you hated the math part of the business and all that. You could do it if you just focused on it, but it's not what interests you. It's not what motivates you. So what does motivate you? Well, your business does, your well-being. I mean, we're willing to put the time in for those things. So how can we bridge that gap? And here's the other thing. Just by learning about accounting or marketing or nursing or health or politics, you can learn about it and not have to be an expert at the end of it. You know, we just have a general understanding of what you're dealing with. Absolutely. Um, and to piggyback on the story thing, it's just, you know, you can use this technique in all facets of marketing. Emails. I love an email that has a story. I will read a long email if it starts out with a storyline. Others that just come and start pitching, I'm not even reading. But if yeah. you start with a story, and it usually starts with some kind of pain point, I remember back when, and he's like, wow, I can relate to this. Uh, you can do that on shows like this, where you can say, this is where I started. And look where I am now. If I can do it, so can you. I've had quite a few of those come on the show. They've been amazing, amazing. I've had, I've had a guy that's been in prison for five years who is now crushing it, who is a phenomenal person. And those stories are so compelling that, you know, everyone has a story, right? No matter how old you are, no matter where you come from, everyone has a story that will pique interest in whatever it is you're working on trying to attract them to. And you can easily intertwine this. It's just, it's a craft. And the greatest copywriters do the best at this. But yeah, just interweave. I mean, I have to remind myself, like Facebook posts and posts on social media is, if you throw a little story in there, you get a lot more interaction. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. I should do that more often. <laughs> you got to be engaging. <laughs> there you go. That's a good word. Very good word for it. So we talked about a little bit about mind, mindset, what motivates you. Found out you do love reading and you not only love reading, but you're an author as well. And I love the title of that book. Just looking at it, I want to go get a cup of coffee to go with it, you know, uh, start biting into it. So when it comes to actual body, a lot of times I like to say the mind and body are a team, but more importantly, the mind and body are your team. And if either one is not operating at a top level or a peak level of performance, then you as a whole are suffering, right? The team is suffering. So when it comes to taking care of your body. How important is that to you, Casmer? I mean, what do you do to take care of your body inside and out? And how is it, how is, have you seen it play out for your business and for your life? Well, let's relate it to business, just like any business that you could own or be an employee for. For me, 
body ends up being no different than the ebbs of flow of a business cycle. There are ebbs and there are flows. There are peaks and there are valleys. <laughs> um, there are times I have been really heavy and there are times I've been really skinny and I try to stay right in the middle, but it's a lot of work. How I do it is, uh, so I, uh, it's odd that you mentioned this right in the middle of this. So I'm six weeks into a diet of losing like 17 pounds. So six weeks, you know, I, I'd love to tell you that. The mental exercise just to start the diet was about three months long. It was just like, okay, when is the date that works? What's it going to be? What's the diet going to be? You know, I want to look like Chris Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy. And now I hate Chris Pratt because he looks good in Guardians of the Galaxy. and. I literally just beat myself up left and right. Like, what do I want to do to get in shape? But that's the mentality it took. I'm going to tell you what I find has been the greatest thing for my body and my mind that probably has made the business better. And I'm going to blame uh, my girlfriend completely for it. But I, about back in 2015, the partners in the engineering company wanted to celebrate that we'd been uh, around for eight years. There were only six employees at the time, and we, you know, the company was going to pay for us all to go hike the Grand Canyon. So we did a practice hike to kind of train for it. And the first thing I realized after doing the practice hike was, God, I hate hiking. And, you know, we're going to put a backpack on. I mean, honestly, it just was hell. I literally was thinking about how to get out of this. Even the other partners felt the same way. And we started talking. We're like, okay, this practice hike was just horrible do we need to learn to hike and you know you know you think hiking is put one foot in front of the other and we started putting a program together that was just we're going to rest when we're tired we're going to go at our own pace we're going to do this in a way that we can at least enjoy it along the way we hiked into the grand canyon we backpacked for three days came out felt like i was going to die it was a great experience and to be quite honest i was done with hiking until the plane landed and my girlfriend said, I'm jealous. I want to go hike the Grand Canyon now. <laughs> so we put together our first hiking trip and then our second. And before you know it, we were into uh, Yosemite. We were hiking the uh, Nepali coast in Hawaii. We have been to Havasu Falls was a dream of hers. And I have found that the methodology, the religion, the whatever you want to call it of hiking has really translated into my life because there is a big goal. We're going to get to Havasu Falls. We're going to get to the Colorado River, wherever it is. Everyone is just one step after the other. And every, so what happens is, you know, uh, my girlfriend and I have done this so much. Now we have groups of 10. I'm actually supposed to be in Iceland right now, <laughs> but the trip was canceled, you know, due to the pandemic. But we always have a goal, but there's four or five stops along the way. It gets hard at times. There's times you're out in the middle of nowhere, sweaty in rain, and you're saying, why the hell do, am I doing this on my vacation? And by the time you finish, everyone's saying, where's the next trip? It is complete separation of everything else that's going on in our lives. It's goal setting by objective. We're going to get to the top of the mountain, but first we're going to get to this campsite. First, we're going to just get to lunch so we can get to sit on a rock. And you start breaking things into doable achievements. And I have found that probably the best meditation or, you know, whatever you want to call it, it comes from the separation from being home and in the workplace consistently. 
wow, so like parallel with business, right? Yeah. Like you said. I mean, like you said, uh, everyone comes just one step after the other. So you yeah. finish a task and now it's time to grow even farther. There's another one, which I'm happy. I'm glad. I'm like, I love challenges or I wouldn't be doing what I do. Uh, that's yeah. why there aren't that many uh, percentage wise entrepreneurs in the world, but uh, God bless even employees as well. I mean, love them all. And it gets hard at times. Like you're saying, you're tired, you're sweaty. Why am I doing this? Oh my gosh. How many times, how yeah. many times has that thought occurred? You know, when building a business, especially in the beginning, Oh boy. But then you reach those goals, those interim goals. And you're like, yes, now I'm ready for the next one. Right. Yeah. It's so, I mean, as you're talking and you, you opened it by saying it's very similar to business. I'm like, my gosh, it is. It's in all facets, like dieting, you know, weight gain and weight loss and planning. Uh, it's hard. It's just life. It's yeah. life. And so when you think one thing is hard, this is great, Casimir, because those that think uh, losing weight or, or keeping a certain weight is hard are right. It can be yeah. difficult. So is running a business. There's really... Not a lot of difference. It's all about what do you want to do? It's more about right. the passion you have. What is your why? Is it strong enough? You know, what would you crawl over a, a broken glass for a mile to do? I don't even know if a mile is the right way to say it, but, um, right. but you know, what would you do and never, ever, ever quit? If, right. if you don't love it that much, you're probably going to quit. But it's the same with dieting. It's the same with hiking. It's the same with all of it. There's something about it that kept you coming back. It's like golfing. You get that one great hole. You hit a birdie or you know, if you're lucky enough, you hit a hole in one. Well, that'll keep you coming back for years, even though you stink. I stink on every other hole after that. But <laughs> that one yeah, thing keeps you going. Go ahead. And, that, and that's the other thing. You, sometimes you feel like you're stuck in a rut. You know, I've done exercise programs where they built early on. You know, they they have built in. Um, you got to do pull ups, and they're like, if you can't do a pull up, use a chair. And I remember for three months, I could not do a pull up without a chair, and you know, four months, I was able to do one pull up, which you're like, wow, you know, four months for this, but you build up. And I mean, really, if you keep at it, you can build it up. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes you're on that chair so long, it doesn't feel like you're ever going to get off. <laughs> but you just got to keep showing up day after day after day. There it is. I think you just said the key right there. You just got to keep showing up. And in business, it, it is about first showing up. And then it's about going through the processes, you need, you know, putting in the work, uh, yeah. that four letter word. I don't look at it as work. I love what I get to do. I was telling you that before we just started. I love doing this show. I love putting together automations for businesses. I love, I love marketing. I love every facet of business. I love speaking from stage. I love, I love it all. And to me, it's not work. It is work, but at the same time, it's enjoyable. So it's, I'll go 12, 14 hour days. I did 17 last week, one day. I was like, my goodness, I haven't done that in a while, but it's because I loved it. And so uh, I'm only saying that for those that are you are out there, if you're just dabbling in something, you're not sure if you truly love it, probably not the right one to go with. I'm just saying, yeah, Sean Abbas says, great work, Kaz, giving you the big virtual thumbs up on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. He's a great friend. He He's watched me fall. He's watched me have a little bit of success along the way. So the, the earlier Hearts, Hearts, Hearts was my girlfriend as well. I, I I wanted to pretend I had a fan as is, but I'm going to be honest. She was bribed to participate. 
Who is this? <laughs> My girlfriend, Lori. She was the three hearts before. So. Ah, that oh, one. Oh, she's back. She's back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Lori. Thanks for coming on and supporting because this, this is an amazing guy right here. He's here to give back. He's spending an hour of his time. It's somewhat late uh, on the East Coast, and I appreciate uh, that. Side note, too, that Sean Abbas, uh, we dragged him to have a Sioux Falls as well. And there was a time or two we thought he might die along the way, and he still brags about the trip. So, <laughs> Isn't it interesting? It's, the, it's like the biggest things we've overcome became our, great, our greatest successes and victories that we love to tout about. And, you know, you have every right to, right? You yep. deserve it. You earned it. So, yes, shout it from the rooftop. So, congrats, uh, Sean, for overcoming and breaking through and making it happen. That's fantastic. So, being an entrepreneur, running a business, takes a lot, a lot of different skill sets, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show. For you right now, because those skill sets can change over time, what are the most important as you're growing your business and maturing? What would you say right now, the stage you're in right now, uh, Kazmer, what would you say are the top? three skills that you rely on to not only maintain your success, but to continually grow your success? Well, I think we've talked about persistence. We've talked about that with hiking, with business, showing up day in, day out. We've also talked about your library that you promote and kind of even the things we continue to look at. Thirst for knowledge is the second one. But I got to tell you, if you were really to ask me what the three pieces to be successful in business as an entrepreneur and really anything, whether it is hiking, whether it is working out, starting your own business, the three things would be patience, patience, patience. <laughs> it is, we want results immediately. We want to be at the top of the mountain tomorrow. And we sometimes don't realize it. it's a three or four day trip. Sometimes it's a 10 year trip with a business and it really, it wears on you. It wears on you, and because of you get impatient, you get you feel you don't know enough, and you're never going to learn it. You feel like there's no reason to show up, and it patience for me gets tried time after time <laughs> with a lot of things, and, and also overcoming it is kind of the biggest challenge. Uh, so we've talked, you know, we've talked about um, having patience with starting your business and hiking and all that. I'm going through it right now uh, with my girlfriend training a German shepherd, <laughs> talking about having patience to get a dog to behave and do the things you want. I'm going to be honest. I have two boys that, you know, have given me more gray, gray hairs and they're 16 or 20. This, uh, this German shepherd in the past eight months is slowly uh, killing my soul. <laughs> and uh, you got to show up day after day. Days you want to walk away. <laughs> So true. And uh, Sean said, yeah, I definitely would not have done it without Kat. There's a big lesson right there. Uh, what Sean is saying is always have a coach or a mentor or, an, or at least an accountability partner, whatever you're doing, because, you know, I can imagine if he was there alone and didn't have his buddy Kaz uh, helping him along, he may have quit. And the same is true with business and the same is true with fitness and the same is true with life insert, you yeah. know, down here. It's a uh, really amazing uh, how, Another person can really motivate us because we will often do more for others than we will do for ourselves. Isn't that true? Yeah. And it so, really is. Yeah. And I love what you said about patience, you know, P-cubed, patience, patience, patience. Yeah. I just giggled because, oh, my gosh, that is so true. You need to have a really, you need to be really diligent, persistent, and patience is a big piece of that because 
our society, especially today, it's all about instant gratification, instant right. everything. You know, I want to spin a wheel and become a millionaire in Vegas. You know, just that stuff doesn't happen very often, very rarely. And you can't count on that. It takes persistence. It takes work. It's like, when the heck am I going to see a break? It, right. That happens. How long? I mean, I was doing this show for two years before I finally started getting some traction. And people were coming to me and saying, hey, can you help me out? Two years. And interestingly enough, Lewis Howes, who's a really prominent entrepreneur who's been all over the place speaking, he said that very thing is that if you're if you want to embark on a podcast of any kind, don't even think about it unless you're going to commit to a full two years. And I almost fell out of my chair because I was just approaching two and I was yep. seeing momentum. And I was like, he's spot on. And that's true for anything, not just podcasting, not just doing live shows. Anything you embark on, you I mean, you got to be in it all the way. And go through those rough times, get knocked back, have that accountability partner, have that mentor, have that coach helping you, lifting you and correcting you at times. It's all of it is important. Um, are you, can I answer this? Please. Going through that for those first two years, I'm sure you did. But would you have done it for free? I did. Exactly. I did it for more than just for free. I lost money doing it for two years. Exactly. Yeah. But that's why you keep showing up. You're like, you're very, very happy. This is the work you'd want to do and you would do it for free. Yeah. And, you know, there was a key word I wrote down when you were talking. It made me think of why people give up. And there's one word that they don't have that allows them to give up. And that one word is certainty. They don't have enough high degree of certainty that if they are to stick with this, it's a long term investment of time, sometimes money, a long time. If you don't have a certainty factor, that's pretty high that, you know, if you follow this model, there's a high degree that you're going to succeed. Well, if there's that if going on in your brain, you're thinking, I'm not sure if this is going to work out. That's going to be tough. So really, that's why mentors and coaches are so important and find others who have succeeded in the thing you're going to work on and model them. Don't try to reinvent the wheel, please. I've done it. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. That's an ego play. Just model success, model guys like Kazmer, do the things he does so that you can achieve. It's like a recipe, right? Yep. So if you have a cake and you have a recipe of all these ingredients, there are lots of different cakes out there. You know, we'll call the cake success. You only need one, one recipe and one cake to be successful. So find that one recipe, follow the recipe, the ingredients, the steps, follow Kaz, and then find yourself successful after a lot of work. It's funny how you mentioned that about certainty because everybody wants to know when am I going to hit it big? When is the company going to be, you know, spewing money out so <laughs> I can have all the things I, I want? And one of the things I've learned along the way is that you have to commit. Mm. But I've got to say where I've, I have been the happiest is not committing to success, committing to making a mistake. I am going to take these next five steps. And it may be a mistake. The worst mistake that could happen is this. Can I live with that? If that happens, I can. Let's keep going forward. And really, that's the definition of entrepreneurship. I'm going to use my $10,000 in savings to open up my very own bike shop. And worst case scenario is I can live without that $10,000, but I tried and went after my dream of opening up a bike shop. That's the key right there is, you know, just... You got to go for it. Try. Uh, I like to say there's no such thing as try. Just do. Go after it and put everything you have into it rather than sit back and go, what if? And keep that 10000 in your bank account that is earning what 
two or three percent if you're lucky interest and there's no chance of it growing exponentially if it sits there yeah and every person i've ever met kaz who's got at least 25 years on the planet maybe less has in them the ability to start and run their own business it's just about how much are they committed to go forward and take that risk and not everybody's willing to and that's okay yeah. um but for those that i can see that they have that you know it's like come on you want to give them that little shove that little nudge and then be there to cheer them on and help along the way but it's not for everybody that is for sure and that's okay. That's the other thing. There's a lot of, uh, I, I'm sure you get this too, Brian. I get a lot of people saying, I want to do what you do. I want to be my own boss and I want to do this. And I'm like, well, do you want to lose sleep at night? Do you want to wonder where the next client's coming from? Do you, oh, oh no, no, that, I just want that to come in. Well, it, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And, and I will tell you, there are times that I am like, you know what, I'm just going to go work at McDonald's and work on the fries. They're going to tell me what to do. And I'm going to listen to them every step of the way. And I'll never have to make another decision. There are days that I would be much happier doing that. You know, in the long term, probably not just because I, I want to try new things. I want to, I want to be asked to make decisions and put some thought into it. It's the same with anything like professional sports. You know, these, these athletes that are, have made it to the upper echelons like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, but they put in an immense amount of work and even when they were at the very top of their game and heralded as the greatest while they're playing they continued to work harder than everyone else that is what got them there that helped them a lot and it's no different with business you know it's putting in the hard work the stuff you don't want to do getting up brutally early in the morning yeah. putting in 10 and 12 and 14 and 17 hour days at times uh, because you want to and you love it and you're driven and sometimes you need to to get to the next step. It's funny because I, lately, you know, I've been listening to tons of podcasts with pop stars and singers from Bon Jovi to Hall & Oates to, you know, Katy Perry and people that we all know their music. And they were talking about how, you know, what they've done over the past week and they, they had to go to their singing lessons. And I'm like, what do you mean singing lessons? People yeah. are trying to imitate the music you make, but they still work. I mean, their vocal cords, they treat it like a tool. They treat the entire process, you know, they put the work into it. They never, they never stop working at it. Thank you for saying, you know, because so many people have this conception of when I make it big, then I can just relax. Well, maybe you can, but if you really are going to make it big, then you have that drive. That means you probably won't just kick back. Right. You know, and, and get on that hammock and have that umbrella drink and just sit there for the rest of your life and enjoy life. That's not usually how it works that I've seen. It's those that are driven to get to where they got, want to keep driving and get farther and higher and serve more people and continue. Yep. Like, what if there was, Casmer, I want to ask you something. What if you got to a point in business and success and personal and everything and there was a ceiling? What if there was an actual ceiling and you got there and you said, I can't go any higher? I mean, what would that feel like knowing there's nothing else to reach for. The hard part for me is defining the ceiling because I don't know if that's fame. I don't know if that's money. I really like having freedom and flexibility. I would. But let's say hypothetically you hit a ceiling, whatever that yeah. ceiling is, and there is no farther progression you can make from that point on. You're right. stuck. You can't grow anymore you can't create anything new you've hit the highest of the highest of the high and that's it 
there's nothing more to look forward to as an entrepreneur as far as what am I going to build next? So at that point, what I would want to do is I would want to pretty much spend everything in education, literally just share how can I help other business owners? And, and maybe it's through books, maybe it's through interviews, maybe it's through curriculum. But it's, uh, I mentioned very early on when I started uh, my first company, I remember people reaching out saying, hey, I, I heard you're starting your own company. I, I'd like to talk to you. I'll be honest. I thought most of them would be salesmen. And they were like, the, you need to talk to um, Joan. You need to talk to Jim. This person will help you. And I kind of remember early on, it felt weird. Like, what do you want out of me? What are you trying to get from me? And when you realize that they were in the exact same seat that I was at that point, and they were like, I just want to help you because I had people help me along the way. You mentioned uh, in our pre-interview about paying it forward, paying it sideways and paying it backwards. If I hit that ceiling, I would just do everything I could to pay back for that because I've gotten more help and more, more boost from other people than a lot of the effort I've done myself over the years. Wow. And uh, Timothy McNeely, he's been on the show. Uh, listening very intently. It's about making work optional. Uh, yes. And good question. I don't know which question that was, but thank you, Timothy. And then the finally said just now and an even better answer. Amazing. Well said, Kazmer, love your mindset. Yes. Thank you. And Timothy is another amazing man who has been on the show as well and uh, brought a ton of value. And here's the thing. It's interesting your answer because your answer is basically doing what you're doing already. You're just getting compensated for it at the moment. The only difference is you're doing what you love. You would do it for free. And that's what you just said. If I hit the ceiling, I don't need any more income. I can't go any higher than I am now. Well, then I want to give, give back and I want to help others. But you're already doing that. That's the beauty of every entrepreneur I've ever interviewed, Kazmer, a successful entrepreneur. Let me put that caveat in there is they all, to a person, including yourself, are built around serving and helping others. And I just want to do a mind meld with everyone who doesn't get that concept just yet and say, if you only knew that the key to succeeding, the key to wealth, if that's what you're looking for, is helping others to solve their issues and problems. That's it. It's that simple. Yet it's not, is it? (laughs) It's a double-edged sword. I want to talk about what you do uh, specifically now. Uh, Turn the thing over to you and say, you know, you have uh, this incredible acumen for accounting and for management skills and for helping businesses in different stages of their quote unquote life. So if you wouldn't mind, give us an overview of who are the type of businesses you help and what kind of maybe give an example or two of of a company. You don't have to say their names if it's uh, sensitive, but you can if you want. Of What is an example of what the brilliant Casmer Ward has done for someone else in your career? Um, so I spend uh, a lot of my time consulting as a fractional chief financial officer, a fractional CFO. I am an accountant by trade. I've spent my time in the accounting and finance world. So, you know, uh, a company I worked with early on, I mentioned earlier, we built it from a, a $1 million to $25 million company. And after I left that company, we started a an engineering company from scratch and really the main start of that was how can we just make this company pay us our salaries and maybe give us some profit sharing at the end of the year. We were fairly successful right off the bat. But what I realized for a company that was only going to was a boutique firm at the time was I was going to make a good salary, but I did not have 40 hours worth of work to do every week. 
And I could have just sat there and collected a nice salary. But honestly, the thought of just sitting at a desk and collecting a salary is my worst nightmare. When I started in the corporate world, um, I worked in several different areas. I had jobs where I would work till midnight. I had other jobs where I'd be finished with my job by 930 in the morning and have to sit there till five. And to me, that was like living in hell. You know, if I'm done by 930, let me go. You know, you'd ask for more work and that was almost causing trouble because why would you ask for more work? That means you have nothing to do. <laughs> yes. So um, what I realized was there are so many companies for all the way from startup but to about $25 million in revenue a year that need that CFO leadership person in their company. And a lot of companies hire a full-time CFO. And what they end up doing sometimes is getting some uh, a CFO that is in their office working in the books, whether it's QuickBooks or whatever financial software. They're in Excel, and they're producing tons of numbers, every ratio. And they deliver this information to the management team, but they still don't know how to make sense of it, nor do they know how to make a decision from it. And I have found that if I could go in and the information was available and present it in a manner that would help leadership teams make decisions, build strategies, they would be that much further off. So um, really, you know, I, I really feel that leadership role for lots of business owners and management teams out there. You know, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, a lot of people hate accounting. And the reason they hate accounting is they get numbers and they think they tell them the magic number. And there's no magic number. There's no right number. It is really understanding what it's measuring and what decisions can be made from that. Interesting. Yeah. I was saying earlier that early on in my marriage with my wife, I, I just never would balance the checkbook. And she just finally got upset with me and said, give it to me. I'll take care of it. Right. And I was so thankful. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and that's the other thing is taking the accountability of what those decisions mean. It, it was a lot taking a company from a half a million dollar in revenue to a million to 2 million. And I, honestly, I have a, a client right now that they're on their way to 3 million and it's getting to a point where they're growing so quickly, it's creating issues. Mm. I have other companies that they struggle because they really don't meet economic gains until they hit $5 million. So both need growth strategies in a similar manner, but they need two totally different strategies on how to get there. And sometimes it requires investment, sometimes it requires training, sometimes it requires sales, and sometimes it's just a mixture of everything. We got a great question from Mr. Timothy McNeely. He's hanging on with us. How can a CEO think through how and when to bring on a faction CFO? Well, you know, it's one of the challenges I have is I do deal with a lot of companies that sometimes have one owner that is the CEO. And... As with all entrepreneurs, at the very beginning, you're doing everything. You're the, you're the CFO, the COO, CEO, and on Wednesdays, it's your day to clean the bathroom. And I, we've all been there. But yeah. at some point, you know what the numbers are, but they're really not telling you anything. And a lot of the things that happen is they're not organized. I would like to share one of the, the biggest mistakes that I see out there. A lot of business owners, and these are multi-million dollar companies, they go to their tax accountant and say, will you also do my books? Tax accounting and financial accounting and management accounting are three totally different practices. Hmm. Financial accounting is what we run our business off of. 
how much money did we make at the end of the day? What are our expenses? Our goal there is to show that we've made as much money as possible. In tax accounting, we do exactly the opposite. We say, oh, we barely made any money and the expenses were so big. Both forms of accounting with two totally different answers at the end of the day. We made a whole lot of money or, oh, we barely made any money at all. And the space I play in is management accounting. Yeah, let's tell everybody we made a lot of money. Let's tell everybody we made no money so we don't have, we have to pay the least amount of tax liability. What's in the bank? What is actually in the bank that we're seeing coming in day after day? And what can we count on going forward? And that's the organization of the data that, or that can be, you know, that can make decisions. Um, one of the, the biggest challenges is accounting. And I've heard from a lot of accountants that have read my book. They say, I'm glad you said it, but everybody I've ever worked with, when they don't like the numbers, they tell me the numbers are wrong. These numbers are wrong. And it took me 20 years of researching the numbers and redoing them to come back with the same answer. I'm like, are they wrong or you just don't like them? You know, and once I asked that question, I really got better at being an accountant and a CFO is saying, what do you not like about the number? And from there, a whole world exploded to say, all right, let's talk about what parts of your business these numbers are focused on. Fantastic. Uh, I didn't realize there were three different, total different kinds of accounting. I just learned something again, every show. I get the most out of the show than anybody. I love it because uh, I learned so much from amazing people. Like you won't believe this, Casmer. We are two minutes from the end of the show, which literally we're not because we'll go a little bit longer because I like to ask this one driving question at the very end of every person that's been on this show. And I love it because it's kind of deep. And at times it's kind of personal. And I just love the reactions uh, that I've gotten over the past, it's been two plus years now of asking this question of each and every wonderfully successful entrepreneur that's been on this show like yourself. But right before we do that, I promised everyone that stuck on live and stayed here with us that I would give you a way to win a five night stay at a five-star luxury resort compliments once again of the big insider secrets and now you have both Casmers and my permission to take your gaze away for just a moment and pull out that phone because to enter I'll put it on the screen you want to pull up your texting app and where you would type in the name of the person you're going to text instead type in this phone number type in 314-665 one seven six seven and then where you would actually go and type the message you know including emojis and all that good stuff but no emojis here just peak p-e-a-k dash or hyphen if you prefer vacation so again it's peak dash vacation go ahead and type in the number 314-665-1767 and then in the message area type in peak dash vacation to be entered to win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort compliments once again of the big insider secrets jason nast and his crew i love them dearly so go ahead and do that real quick because we're going to come back to the man of the hour who is of course casmer ward yes and for those of you that enter know that it's going to be automatically asking you for your email address so just follow the prompts. As long as you do it correctly, you will be entered officially to win. That's all you got to do is follow instructions like a good entrepreneur does. That's the way we get that's just the level of success we have is we know how to follow instructions of those who have achieved greater success than we have. So 
to the big question. And then right after this question, we're not going away. We're going to give you a way to connect with Mr. Kazmer Ward so that you can connect with him and say, hey, I could use some financial uh, management accounting or I know somebody who could. So even if it's that's you, if you know somebody else who you think might. So we'll give you the contact information here in just a moment. But first, the big question that casmer has been having a little bit of time to mull over going, what the heck is he going to ask me? He's built this thing up. And here's the thing, Casmer. It, it is a, a very personal question in that there is no such thing as a wrong answer. It doesn't exist. In fact, the exact opposite is true is the only correct answer is your answer. That's the personal nature of it. So it's, it's, uh, it's not that monumental of a question. However, some people will take some time to think about it. Others will have it instantly. And whatever it is for you is perfect because it's, again, your answer. So there's nothing you can do incorrectly here, Casmer. So are you ready? Yes. Are you curious? I'm very curious. <laughs> let, me, let me get a sip of water. <laughs> I might do a spit take. I might, I'm going to time that. <laughs> All right. Hit All me. right. Here we go. Casmer Ward, how do you define success? So we kind of touched on this before, but I would say defining success means owning your own time. And in owning your own time, it's not just you get to do what you want on your schedule, but you're able to accomplish the things you want within a time that works for you. Uh, it doesn't mean being your own boss. It doesn't mean having your own company. It means being able to find that balance. So, you know, we all, even entrepreneurs and people who are their own boss, they have things they don't want to do or things they don't like to do. But finding a way to minimizing those as much as possible to make sure they get done and then spend that time doing the things they enjoy. Do I have you there, Brian? No, we do. There you are. Oh, right, now we do. Yeah. Put the volume back up. So I wanted yeah. that all you, brother. And here's the cool thing is, I mean, I've been doing this show for over two years now, and there have not been two people that have answered this the same way. Is that amazing? Right. I oh. could tell you 20 things, but it's, you know. And probably 19 of them would not match any of the ones that I've heard in the past two years. <laughs> that's the cool, that's the beautiful thing about it, you know, everyone. So what, what you and I thought as something that, what we define success at the age of 25 is completely different now. Yeah. Right. Our definitions completely changed because we've changed and things yeah. things are more important to us than they used to be. You know, when we were all younger and I, I'm not putting you in this bucket, but for me, I was more money centric. I was like success yeah. to me is making a lot of money, having a big house and a nice car and all that stuff and material stuff. Well, you know, successful entrepreneurs don't think that way. And, you know, mature entrepreneurs don't think that way. They think about more like along the lines of what you were saying. And all the others that are so wonderfully different is owning your own time, you know, being able to accomplish what you set out to accomplish because you can, you have the time, you own your own time. And I love and, that. And the definition of the answer changes even for myself every day. Six weeks into a diet, success looks to me like a big piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Timothy McNeely, done. He's awesome. And killing it. Bam. Yes. Thank you, Timothy, for coming on. Okay, so I promised everyone how you can connect with this amazing gentleman next to me, Casmer Ward. I'm going to bring up his website, and uh, we'll bring up the URL one more time, and maybe you can coach me through the best way for folks to reach out to you, Mr. Ward, and we'll get that up here on the screen. Here we go. 
So we want to go to the main page and I'll pull that up right over here. Get to know Casmer Ward. So we're going to go to let's connect. There it is. Upper right, right above his his head with that full head of hair. Gosh, that's nice. <laughs> it says let's connect. And notice on his website. So his website, uh, I said I'd bring it up and I didn't, did I? It's casmerward.com. Don't forget it's two S's. Casmerward.com. Go to that website and then you can see let's connect right above that. Nice head of hair he's got. Let's connect. And then there's a form you can fill out. You can also find him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube on the very upper right. So lots of ways, but click on Let's Connect, and you'll go straight to a form where you can type a message, make sure you tell them you're not a robot, and shoot it away and connect with him and do so respectfully and say, hey, either I know someone or I myself could use some time to figure out if what I need is something you can provide for me. Or knowing Casmer, if he can't, he'll find somebody who can. He'll be, he's very connected as well. So go ahead, Casmer. Uh, I just stole your whole thunder. So uh, anything else you want to say about connecting with you and how people should uh, interact with you? No, I, actually, Casmerward.com uh, will have everything how you can reach for me for uh, professional services, uh, buy my book. I even have a video interview series that I interview um, several uh, entrepreneurs over two seasons. And I use them as, in the classroom as uh, video case studies to uh, apply entrepreneurial business concepts to the curriculum. Fantastic. So, yeah, it's a one-stop shop. You can get his book there uh, and interact with him. Get to know this guy. You can tell he's a great guy. You can tell he's going to be a, a very respectful person when you reach out to him. And he'll probably just let you know very quickly whether or not you're a fit. Uh, he has that feel to me that he's just, you know, he's all about business, but he's respectful and he's there to help you. And it's not going to be helpful to you if he strings you along, which he won't do, and tries to tell you, yeah, I think I'm a fit when he won't be. So, And hopefully, worst case scenario, I can point, help point you in the right direction to get you what you need. Yeah, and that's what I love about you. Uh, and everyone I interview on this show is very similar. It's like, look, we, you and I, don't have, we don't have the expertise in every area, and we can't solve every problem that anyone has. But my gosh, we have connections of a lot of people who could. And why not? Why not hand it off and say, look, I would love for you to meet my friend and my colleague who I know and I vet personally who will treat you great and can solve your problem. Would that be okay if I connect you? And this is, yeah, another, another strategy for another day. We could talk all night, brother. I'll tell you. All right. Well, that is it. We are done. Is there any one last piece of advice, Kasmer? if you can think of one last piece of advice for let's say an aspiring entrepreneur or someone who's in that that moment where they're really just it's like good god am i ever going to get through this and finish and finish the race what would your advice be to that individual um overnight success takes about 10 to 20 years <laughs> that's about as true as it gets <laughs> oh you got me in stitches over here that, that's like wow See, straight to the point. He's not beating around the bush. He's just telling you like it. That's the way it's got to be, you know, other than wasting time and say, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, in a couple of months, you'll probably be better. No, no, it's, it's, it's truth time. It's going to take yep. some time. And, uh, you know, to, to say it any other way would be a disservice. Well, Casmer, thank you once again so very much. Thank for you very much for having me, Brian. This has been a great experience. Oh, man, I get all the fun and, and I appreciate you. And I appreciate you for sharing your wisdom with everyone who's watching uh, and those that listen on the podcast afterward, uh, just value nugget after nugget. And I love what I get to do because of people like you. So I appreciate you. 
And I thank you once more for coming on the show. And for everyone else who has been watching live and for those of you that are listening on the podcast afterward or watching the video, appreciate you as well. Definitely reach out to Casmer, have that conversation, take it to the next step, take action, massive, immediate and consistent action like Casmer has done and watch the success unfold in 10 to 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, on behalf of the amazing Casmer Ward, I'm your host, Brian Kelly of the Mind Body Business Show. We will see you again one week from tonight. Until then, good night and be blessed, everyone. So long for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com. My name is Brian Kelly.